the Bible says, Therefore, keep the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. The NLT says, Obey them and you will prosper in everything. Hallelujah. How many of us believe the word of God? How many of us trust the word of God? How many of us stand on the word of God? The word of God is saying that keep the words of this covenant and do them that you, will, you may prosper in all that you do. For a few minutes this afternoon, I want to just talk about the journey of the overflow. The journey of the overflow. How many of you know that everything is a process? Yeah. Even when you, write, you arrive at one location, there's another process. Yeah. The journey of the overflow. Yeah. Everyone that is blessed by God will, in that journey, confront a couple of things. And he's saying that, Keep the words of this covenant, do them that you may prosper and in all that you do. And it's so amazing because when Chisholm and Minister Eugene gave their testimony, I realized that God just wanted me to share this. Because this afternoon I wanted to let us know that in that journey of the blessing, you are going to encounter have to confront, have to live by covenants with God, obedience to God, and conflicts within and without. It doesn't matter. If God is blessing you, if the Lord is your shepherd, then there will always be enemies present in your blessings. Your cup is running over, but there will be conflicts and confrontations and somebody say issues. If the Lord is your shepherd, you remember that when we started this month, Reverend took us to the Lord is my shepherd, isn't it? Yes. Because if the Lord is your shepherd, yes, you will not lack. You will not want. But there has to be, he explained to us that the Lord has to be your shepherd, not just our shepherd, not just of a shepherd you know. So there has to be covenants. Do you understand? Agreements and promises. And there has to be obedience to God. Because sometimes we become more obedient to blessings than to God. And the greatest challenge is when issues arise, when setbacks arise. When come. Many people don't remain in a blessing or even receive a blessing because they are okay to make covenants. They are okay to walk by the covenant. They are even okay to be obedient to whatever the covenant has set out. But they can't handle issues. Ask your neighbor, you will look like somebody who is quite soft or very, you don't like issue, you don't like, you know there are some people, they don't even like to say that, oh, I don't like that. Oh, you're giving them food that they know they don't eat and they don't like. But you can't even say that. <clears throat> yeah. You know? There are some people that if they don't like it, they'll still eat or try it, like reverend. One time this, one, one time last week, you know, I saw him trying certain things. I said, hey, this man. 
is he trying to make me feel bad? I won't taste this. <laughs> and, and I was watching him. And I was watching him and I was like, put this thing in your mouth. <laughs> Everybody's watching you. Me, when they came, I said, no plate, sir. And they came to him, I was like, yeah, yeah. Then when he tried the first one, then he said, warm it up. Then they warmed it up. Then he said, warm it up. I said, brother, yeah, yeah, your excuses are running out. Yeah. But you see, you have to know that all three, among others, are involved in walking in an overflow. Of whatever it is, you are going to have all these three there, whether we like it or not. Do you understand? Because the covenant, which is a sacred agreement between us and God, between individuals and God, between nations and God, between tribes and God, between families and God. In that process, welcome Wesley. In that process, there is also disagreements with people. Because the fact that we're going to look at a few examples to see how far we get today. Somebody say, see how far. You realize that there will also be disagreements. Yes, against, either against the covenant you have made or God has made with you, or in the way you are executing it. But by all means, I have never seen anything since I was born that 100% of people agreed. 100% of people liked. And it doesn't matter whether it is. Even when we say, oh, this is the most beautiful girl, somebody will not find her beautiful. This is an extremely handsome. Somebody will not find a person handsome. This is, oh, even, you remember there was a time that this thing used to just circulate. There'll be a color that they'll post on what I say. It's blue. Someone says silver. It's blue. It's silver. Isn't it? Yeah, I think I was in the category of those who don't know color. Yeah, so. And I, then, but later on, somebody showed me a trick. Depending on the angle and the light reflection, you will see the color that you want to see. But you will always have to agree on the fact that Disputes, clashes. How many of you even have realized that even the people you love the most, you clash with? You disagree with? You have disputes with? And you realize that every time you're able to overcome disputes and disagreements, the relationship gets stronger. Oh, sometimes after a while, you even realize that some of the things that cause disputes becomes joy. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just realize that Ah, okay, whatever I do, my husband will press his, his uh, toothpaste from the middle. Then before you realize it, you have joined it. Do, 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 do you get it? You realize that you, are, you, are, you, are, you like drinking water. You know, you don't like fizzy drink. This. That's why when we are teaching and when you are listening to a word of God and they say stay away from drug addicts. Because listen, it's only a matter of time. You see, as we go through some of the examples of people in the scripture, you realize that there's a pattern. And in life, we all learn either from our own example or other people's example. Yes, yes, yes. And we learn directly or indirectly. That's why even as parents, you realize that if you're always swearing and swearing, even though you're telling your child, don't swear, don't swear, they will also start swearing. Because that one, they are learning indirectly. Do, do you get it? Yes. Some of you, remember how you started drinking or smoking or whatever. You were not smoking, but you were watching. And do you understand? And learning. 
Oh, you don't get what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> you, you get it? <laughs> uh, that is why you should be around places where good things are happening. So that even if you are learning by osmosis or you are learning by association, like, it's good. Yes, one of my great... You see, sometimes when I remember the high school I went, I'm so appreciative because my natural self in another school would not have done so well. I had to be in a school where when you are not learning, you are despised. You see, most of you, some of you went to schools that if you are learning, you are despised, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. When, if you are not learning, then you are cool. If you are not learning, then you are, yeah. In my school, if you are not learning, nobody wants to be your friend. If you are not learning, nobody wants to hang around. So, you had no option but to learn. Do you understand? Yes. And they don't learn half an hour and 20 minutes, that kind of learning. Do you get it? Yes. They have to learn six hours, seven hours, eight hours. So, by association, at least you can do an hour. <laughs> and leave them to do the rest. <laughs> I am telling somebody something. Yes. If you hang around people who are handling their marriages well, you, even if you are not married, you are learning certain things. Yes. If you are around people who are conscientious in their work ethics, how they do their work, it will rub off on you. It will, you know, I was having a chat with my daughter yesterday about something. can't even remember what it was. And, you know, she was also teasing me on another issue. And she was like, my sister and I, yeah, we like work, 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 work. And when somebody gives us small work, then we take a world cup. We, we, we play overdrive. We don't do, you know. Then she was like, I'm sure grandma was like that. Then it suddenly dawned on me. That yes, she will go to the shop from morning to night. Then say, then even when you have school, when you have closed for school, you come. She will say, sell the paracetamol. Sell it. <laughs> <sighs> By association. Some of us, you see that, and it happens even in the world we are in. You see that if the parents just collect 70 pounds from the government every month, every week or whatever, before you know it, the children will stop school at 16 and come and collect the 70 pounds every week. And then, then also at the age of 16, they also have the children so that they can get an additional 30 pounds. And then they'll go and then they'll go. Am I telling somebody something? I am saying this for us to realize that when you are reading your Bible and you are reading the examples that whether it's Adam and Eve or Abraham or whatever, it, you're supposed to stay in the way so that it will rub off on you also. Ah, Psalm 34. I'm going to read from verse 8 to 14, the New King James. It says that, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord. You, his saints, there is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, ye children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and 
pursue it. Amen. Somebody say taste, 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 taste. You know? You know sometimes you read a passage that you've read around and you always gloss over. But today I stopped and I said, let me go and find what does taste mean. Because he's saying that taste and see that the, God, uh, the Lord is good. Do you understand? And he's saying that if you fear him, you lack nothing. And he says that if you want to enjoy life, you want to have goodness, you, want, you know, you have to relate with God in a certain way. He said, I'll teach you, do you understand, the fear of the Lord so that you have good. It said that to taste means to perceive or experience. So in this passage we're reading, it means that to perceive and to experience God. You know, in life, you can taste success. You can taste victory. Do, do you get it? That the way this exam, by the time you put your last full stop, you know that victory is in the way, victory. Sometimes by the time you put the full stop, you can taste failure. <laughs> you can see that. There is no, you see, there are two categories of things. You can either read your exam over and over and over again because you're excited. <laughs> read it over and over again because you can see you are failing. And then the other, the reverse is true. You can finish and not read because you know that that was perfect. Or you can finish and not read because you don't want to see what <laughs> You cannot afford to look at it. Don't raise your hand. How many of you have done exams? Canceled. I put an answer and canceled. I put the original answer back from where he canceled it. <laughs> At that point, even the person Michael will have to try and decipher was it the A or turn it to eight? <laughs> because I knew people who did that on purpose so that in the confusion, hopefully the lecturer will choose the right answer. <laughs> Especially if it's let's say A, B, C, D, choose A or B. They'll choose the A, then they'll make it like B, cancel the A. Then they, so if it could be A, it could be <laughs> Oh, I see you tasting blessings, tasting success. Yeah, it means that it's coming close. If you are tasting something, do you get it? You are perceiving, you are having revelation on it. Yeah, you are having exposure to it. It also means teaching and learning, which brings a certain taste to you. So we say that somebody has an acquired taste. There are some of you who don't like certain things. For example, I never liked olives, but after a while... I, I, I now like it. Do you understand? Yes, yeah, so I have acquired a taste for. Do you understand? Some of you, you had a strong taste for like vodka and rum and things. Do you understand? So now drinking water, you have to have an acquired taste for water. Oh, you okay. So I have a question for us today. Because we say we want to walk in this journey of the overflow. I want to find out that whether you have a taste for God. And if somebody were to ask you, is your relationship with God tasty? You know, when food is tasty, you know. And when it's not, you know. Some of you, when you don't like the food, you even say, oh, it's nice. Stop lying. Brother, say amen. Because they like the girl so much, and they don't want to offend her, they are eating their thing. They have their salt and their sugar in their left hand. And she turns those sprinkles small on it. Say, oh, you are such an amazing cook. <laughs> So I'm saying that is your relationship with God tasty? And if it's tasty, what does it taste like? Sugar, salt, something bitter? Some of us, our relationship with God is bitter. And yet we want the overflow blessing. Yeah. 
You see, now that we are thinking about it in terms of taste, just imagine. Yeah. Some marriages are tasty. Some marriages are bitter. Do you understand? Yeah, 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 yeah. Some of us, our finances are tasty. Some of us, our finances are... <laughs> Every one of us have what is our taste. Do, do, do you understand? Yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone, you know, the thing that... Reverend said he would eat that was given to him that. <laughs> but some, I don't know if I have a picture of it. I'll show it to you if I do have it. I saw the thing and I said, I know he can't eat it. I knew that this, this thing. It, it is an acquired taste which he hasn't acquired yet. <laughs> but the thing was that as soon as he put his fork that like, it's not going to work. It was gone. Somebody with an acquired taste took it, enjoyed it, went for seconds. They wanted to eat from your plate, and you didn't want to eat from your plate. And they enjoyed, you can see that it was amazing. And I stayed far away, because it's not my taste. Yeah, do you understand? Just like you say, oh, somebody's my kind. Tall, dark, and handsome. I mean, I like fair colored girls. Zato, zato. Like, that's my type. That's my type. That's my type. Do you understand? Yeah. When uh, Trump was having issues, some woman said uh, he had raped her. Said, that's not his taste. That's not his taste. <laughs> and you know the funny thing? Recently, they lined a couple of people up that he should, um, uh, he should choose his wife or something. Then he went to choose the girl. The one that he said is not his type. They said, you sure that is this one? He said, oh, that's my first wife. They said, you are sure? said, yeah, that's my first wife. The girl that he said he would never touch is not his type. He chose her as his first wife. Because in reality, it's his taste. Oh, you, you don't get it. Yeah, some of us, if we are fast asleep, and they put a bottle of chilled Coke with lemon by us, we'll smell it. He said, yeah, we'll smell it. You know, Reverend Sam, you know how they, they brought a nice virgin to David and he couldn't wake up and he was really, really dead. If you bring, <laughs> if you put Coke Zero in the environment, sicknesses will go. Death will go. <laughs> there shall be no more sorrow. <laughs> Do you understand? Why? Because for some people, it's their taste. Do you understand? For some of us, maybe it's jollof rice. For some of us, it's, you know, for some of us, it's just girls or boys. So you have to remember that you have <laughs> you people, you are somewhere <laughs> you have covenants, you have obedience, you have conflicts, you have that acquired taste, and you also have to realize that all blessings are from God. It doesn't matter how it reaches you, it's coming from God. All blessings are from God, you know. You know, as um, Dr. Eugene was sharing his testimony, you realize that why did the one who was supposed to have done ever fall ill, why did they choose Durham or wherever it was of all places? 
And why was the particular set of people who were there there at the time that he had to be there to do? Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, 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 yes. God will orchestrate it how he wants to orchestrate it. But as a child of God, you have to know that all blessings comes from God. Let's look at First Chronicles 29. You see, that's one of the things about David. He, he, there was nothing about him that he didn't attribute to God. In First Chronicles 29, as he was gathering what was needed to build a house of God, and some brought gold, silver, all the various items. Then from verse 10 to 14, David said, Therefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, the victory, and the majesty. You see, sometimes you have to realize that we attribute some things to God. They attribute some things. Do you understand? Oh, I had an amazing lecturer. I went to an amazing school. My husband or my wife is amazing. My job is great. You know, I have a great career. Do you get it? But it doesn't matter what it is. He says that the greatness is the Lord. The power is the Lord. The glory is the Lord. The victory is the Lord. The majesty is the Lord. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Everything is his. That is why when we are even in this year, we are saying overflow. Put yourself in it because the God that you say is your father, your savior, is his. Your good health is his. Yes, your fruitfulness is his. Whatever it is, it is, for, it is the Lord's. When you see it as the Lord's, first of all, you won't fear men. And secondly, you will be patient to wait that yours will come. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. And you are exalted as head over. How many of you are going to walk on the journey of blessing, overflow? Yeah. Everybody must walk on it. Nobody must exempt themselves from it. Hmm. You are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you. Yeah. The way I was watching a little documentary on Steve Jobs. Yeah, Steve Jobs was actually born, his actual parents was a Syrian father, and his mom was, can't remember where she came from, and, but he was put up for adoption and was adopted by the Jobs. And here we are. But how many of you know that if the Jobs had not adopted him, maybe his life would have been different? Tell somebody all things work together for good. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over our all. Your hand is power and might. In your hand, it is to make great and to give strength to all. How many of you believe that if somebody has a squeeze hand and you really believe that what is in their hand is all is what you need? Oh, whatever the process is to get that hand open, you will. But a lot of the time, Christians don't believe totally that everything is in God's hand. Your victory, your greatness, your blessing, your favor, your deliverance is in his hand. Yes. 
Somebody else may be bringing it to you, but it is through him, for him. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you and of your own we have given you and of your own. So when you start reading that chapter from the beginning and people were bringing gold for this, silver for this, all kinds of jewels, everything that was wood for David knew that even though people were bringing it, God is even the one who had softened the heart of the people to give. How could we give so willingly? And he said that what we are giving you is for you. But you see that even to give an offering, we think that it's our offering and we are giving God. It's my money and I will tithe. Take your time. If I can, I will. If I can't. You know, when we're in South Africa, one of the things I realized is that the devil is manipulating and operating in a way that if Christians don't rise up, there's a level of blessing we'll never see. Yeah. Because it looks like somewhere, somehow in that part of the world, a wind just blew and some strange doctrines, strange people. And you see, a lot of time, it's not even that the people are strange. I always say that most people start with good intention. Start with a call of God. Starts with direction, but then by association or disassociation, they falter. And in that process, somehow in the land, you know, we were having like little camp meetings with the leaders and, and you could see that they were trying to ask us how to overcome certain battles and certain challenges that they are having. You know, and they were like foreign pastors and ministers have come to the land and they have come to just mess the whole place and run away. They are wanted. So now when you have pastors who are wanted, then how does another pastor stand behind his pulpit and say, come and give an offering? Or come and give a tithe? Do, do, do you get what I'm saying? And yet, your Bible is telling you that in your willingness and in your giving cheerfully, it's your prosperity. Unless you have the mindset that I am giving God what he has given me. Because you think that because your pay slip has, I don't know, ASDA Limited or uh, NHS on it, you are saying that NHS have given me money and then I will give some to God. But David realized that, no, 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 it's for you. We are giving you what we get. All we have, your children, for God. Your marriage, for God. Your life, for God. But he has given it to you to use it to his glory. He's making you great for himself. He's bringing you favor for himself. He's lifting you up for himself. Let's look at Adam and Eve and then we'll go home. There are so many people all through scripture that you realize that when their covenants were established, when their promises were declared, you realize that, boom, they, we started the journey and then there were always issues. Some were able to overcome, some were not. Some overcome and then they go and meet another one. Amen. Yeah. Adam and Eve 
had a very nice, simple one. Let's look at the scripture and then we'll go. I pray that we'll be overcomers. I pray that we'll not be distracted on this journey. If you have ever taken a wrong turn, have you ever taken a wrong turn on the motorway? And then in your attempt to get back on track, you go and meet some roadblock or meet some traffic that even, and then you will try and maybe see if you can get a shorter cut and then you make your journey worse and worse. And sometimes it's just that one little issue, one little conflict, it distracts you, but it doesn't just take you off course for a little while to bring back. It can take you off course and permanently take you on a new journey. Tell somebody, be careful. Tell somebody, be careful. This is the word of the Lord for somebody. Be careful. Be ca- All of us have to be careful. You see, if you even sit down and analyze, you realize that maybe there was a time you were about to take a decision about your marriage or about your, the job you're doing or about your next step in life. And God was more, uh, prompting you. Or God had brought people around you to give you good counsel. And you didn't listen. And then for some of us, we listened. And then we can see what it led to. Genesis 1. We see an amazing blessing over them. It says that verse 20 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air. And over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his image, in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves. Amen. Genesis 2, 15, the Bible says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. You know, when we read Psalm 34, remember that it was telling about if you want to see good days, we should take, move our mouth away from evil, In it? Do you remember? Genesis 3, 1, the Bible says that. So God has made the covenant executed. Listen, everything here is yours. Be free, tender, be fruitful, have dominion, multiply, eat, enjoy. But of this one, stay away from it. How many of you that know that that one requires obedience? Some of us, they'll give us instruction, give us, and the one, I was going to give an example, but I can't give it. My sister is here. Okay. Genesis 3.1, the Bible says that, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? don't let the presence of blessings, whether physical, whether spiritual, introduce deception into your garden, into your life, into your home. Because the presence of blessings can be deceptive. It can make you feel like you have arrived. 
It can make you feel that you are all right. In fact, sometimes people think that even if it's fiscal wealth, they think that because they're wealthy, they're wise. Because they're wealthy, they're smart. But what you don't realize is that you can be destroying your garden. As I was thinking about this message and I was praying, and then people like Whitney Houston came to mind. They were blessed. There was a season when she had the best voice. She was the wealthiest, whatever, musician. She was the, you know, high flyer, the whole world. Do you understand? People in remote towns that even had small radios still knew, I want to know somebody. How many, how, you, if you're, you're, you're below a certain age, you know. <laughs> oh, I want to dance with somebody. I wanna. Then she went and sing gospel. True, same person, same mouth. But the deception was that drugs were destroying her. She was going into wrong relationships. You can destroy your garden. God can bring beauty into your life and you can destroy it. How many of you realize that sometimes some of these things, they even destroy you physically? Yes, 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 yes. I didn't realize till recently. But some, did you know that like crack and those things, they even change, bring uh, like balls and things to your face and, and you lose your teeth. I thought it's only childbirth that makes you lose teeth. Oh, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Even in the things of God, God can give you a gift. Prophetic gift, apostolic gift, evangelistic gift, and deception will destroy it. On that journey of your blessing, deception can destroy your blessing. So even though you are called and powerful, you can be deceived that you're okay. Sometimes you are a pastor, you're a minister, and sin is in your life. But because you can still pastor, you think you're okay. Your garden is being destroyed. Your home is being destroyed. You have been cheating on your husband or cheating on your wife. You haven't been caught, so you think you're okay. You are spoiling. Somebody say, I'm going to have a better taste. How many of us are going to have a tastier Christian walk? Tasty, 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 tasty. I feel like you should tweet it or put it on your Instagram or whatever. Yeah, my faith is tasty. We have five minutes. Let's look at another one, Abraham. How many of us are learning from Adam and Eve? They give you dominion. They give you grace to multiply. They give you grace to be fruitful. They give you access to all things. Still. And deception does not come looking scary. I think it's one of the things that we have to learn quickly. Most people who were raped young or have been abused, they weren't abused by people they were scared of. They were abused by people either they trusted, believed in, or who were really nice. And ran away from people who looked scary. It's okay. I feel like I'm preaching somebody. Genesis 12. We'll look at Abraham's story and then we'll go home. And when I say we'll go home, I mean all of us will go home. 
Genesis 12, 1 to 4, it says that, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house. How many you know that all of us, God gives us instruction? Yeah, some of us, the instruction God gave you this morning, as Reverend Sam was giving announcement, is that tomorrow, 5.30 a.m., wake up. Get out from your bed. This one is not from your country. Just get out from your bed. <laughs> from your family and from your father's house to a land. <laughs> yeah, I pray that my voice rings in your ear tomorrow morning. <laughs> to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him. And Abraham, and Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Amen. On this journey, maybe we'll talk about it next week. You know, how to handle curses. Because they have an impact on our blessings. The first part of this passage, we realized that God was making a promise to Abraham, was having a covenant with Abraham. But what does he do? He takes an extra luggage with him. He took lots with him. <laughs> and that extra baggage at some point became the distraction. So what extra luggage are you taking with you on this, your walk with God? Yes. What seems so insignificant that, oh, it's Lot. You understand? Ah, it's my best friend. It's my family member. Oh, it's the person. It's my ride or die. It's my BFF. It's my BOY. It's my GIRL. It's my CHICK. It's my, no, it's my... This is my spell, 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 spell. <laughs> your extra baggage will soon become your distraction. Your extra baggage has the potential to let you be cut off from the overflow of the blessing. That extra baggage. That is why when you begin your Christian work, journey correctly. Learn the basics, learn the principles, learn the foundations. Study the word of God. Learn how to pray. Learn how to share the word of God. Because it will help you drop things that you have to drop. Because those things may be okay for a part of your journey, but at some point it wouldn't work. Yes. You know this journey you are going on. You are very unclean. You're very untidy. Do you understand? When the brother or the sister is coming to visit, then you push everything and hide away, then the place looks nice. Then you spray, spray, hello. Then you light a candle, and then he's like, this is a very romantic. It's only a matter of time. All the things you have hidden will come outside. Yeah. You can't cook. When he's coming, you go to your friend to prepare. You call Sally. Sally, can you make a bowl of jollof rice? Can you make some soup for this? I can use this. And then do the yam, yam, the turmeric yam, and guinea fowl. Then you can't lay table. Then when it comes, you take an onion and be chopping the onion and the tomatoes. 
garnishing, garnishing and sprinkling, garnishing and sprinkling. Extra, it, it will catch up with you. Yes. You know that you want to stop smoking. You want to stop something. But this is my really good friend. But I'll just make sure he doesn't smoke inside. And you are sitting there and they are doing whatever it is they are doing. It's only a matter of time. Genesis 13, verse 1 to 4, the Bible says, Then Abraham went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him to the south. Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. And he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and AI. <laughs> Minister Joel. <laughs> Tell your people that artificial intelligence, it existed long ago before they came. To the place of the altar, which he had made there at first. And there, Abram called on the name of the Lord. Tell somebody, value your covenants. Value your altars. Sometimes we make covenants with God and we forget when things are going well. Value it. If you have made a promise, stick with it. If you have promised God, stick with it. Somebody was sharing their testimony and they said they were on their deathbed and they told God that if God heals them, they're going to preach the gospel. You know, and if God delivers them from that, they, as when they rise up, God shall be their God. And where he goes, they shall go and death. And then, they go, and then he got healed and then left the hospital. When he arrived home, his baggage, the extra baggage were in the house. And they said, oh, this one, is, yeah, we have to enjoy. We have to celebrate. Let's go to the bar and let's go and, you know, uh, we are so happy too. This is a joyful time. Let's have party. <laughs> and they went to drink and then this and then this and then this and then. Uh, then a few, about a year or so later, they were there and then they got into some trouble and then they were incarcerated. And when he was in jail, he said, Lord, I know it's me. <laughs> But this time, <laughs> as for this one, if you deliver me and get me out of here, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going straight to preach the gospel. <laughs> this is a, a, a man of God now. So obviously at some point, <laughs> he valued his covenants. Oh, Let's continue verse 5. Lot also went with Abram, had flocks and heads and tents. Now the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together. I said your extra luggage at some point, it will not be able to support you. For their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. Verse 7, and there was strife, contention. Between the headsmen of Abram's livestock and the headsmen of Lot's livestock. The Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwelt in the land. Recognize issues and deal with them as you go along. You know, when you read a quest, you realize that Abram was like, okay, 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 it's okay, it's okay. I brought you. I said we should share. I said it's okay. Now you look, choose 
If you choose left, I'll go right. If you choose right, I'll go left so that there will be peace and harmony. No issues. Don't. It doesn't matter if you took an extra luggage. It doesn't matter whether God made a covenant with you and you added other people. It doesn't matter. When it comes to the place of conflict, address it. Acknowledge it. Realize that I've gotten to a hurdle. I've gotten to a mountain. I've gotten to a place of challenge and deal with it. Don't sweep it under the carpet. Don't pretend as if it doesn't exist. Don't act as if you're okay. Yeah. One of the things in life is that you can see poor people who are acting rich. You were interviewing somebody and the person says that if you act rich, riches will come to you. Yes, you can act rich. But you see, if you are living a life of pretense, eventually jail will come to you. Do, do, do you get what I'm saying? You have to confront it. That we have an issue. Sometimes you have husband and wife in front of you. You say, is there any problem? The wife said no. But at that same time, the husband said yes. Or the husband said yes, the wife said no. And they look at each other. Do you have a problem or you don't have a problem? <laughs> Confront it and deal with it. Because that is the only way you mature. Having to realize that if you don't take the exam, you can't be promoted. If you take the exam, you fail, you take it again. But when you pass, you'll be promoted. They told the Israelites, you've gone on this mountain too long. At some point, you have to break through. Yes. And the only way you do that is by overcoming it and acknowledging it. I always tell you people that I had an anointing for worry and depression. I had an anointing. My best place was a place of moodiness. If you think I'm like, you can't ask my star. I enjoyed it. You know some people, if they are moody, they are feeling sad. No, 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 that's joy. Yes, yeah, so in boarding school, if I want people to stay away from me, I bring the anointing. You know, I have to try and remember when my father died, something, some things that don't really. And then it will bring you into a sad mood. Then it's working. Yeah. Or maybe somebody has an issue. I can think about the issue too. It's like drinking cold water. Chilled. But it's something you have to confront. Because there's a place you cannot get to carrying worry. That you're always miserable, you're sad. It's like sadness is your default position. You have to confront it that I have this thing, it's not good. And you see, God be so good to you. He also made me marry somebody who doesn't know how to worry. He genuinely doesn't know how to worry. He <laughs> when you see him asleep, you think there's no issue. But that is when issues are at their highest, he has to sleep. <laughs> so that and later he explained to me. That the worrying is a sign of a lack of faith. But you have to deal with it. They have telling you you are quarrelsome, you are quarrelsome. At some point you have to come down, I am quarrelsome. And deal with it. Deal with it. Yes. You spend too much money. At a point you have to come, you want the blessing, you want overflow. But every time the cup is dry, you make a hole through, you go and see if there's something. <laughs> have you eaten food that you're looking for the last grain of rice? The last... <laughs> How will you have an overflow? You have to keep leaving some, leaving some, leaving some, leaving some, leaving some, so that it will rise. Rise up onto your feet. Let's go home. This <laughs>